Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. This is Straight Fire for Wednesday. December 1st, unbelievable. We got to December here. A great month for sports. Obviously, there's a lot happening, and hell, Tuesday night was crazy in the sports world. Oh, my goodness. Number one Duke going down. I don't, listen, I know we don't do a lot of college hoops in the regular season. Obviously, we load up in March, but I am watching college hoops. I am gambling on it, and an awesome cover and comeback by Ohio State. Duke just choked down the stretch. They led by eight, I think, with like four and a half left. They led by 15 in the second half and then blew it at Ohio State. Nice win for the Buckeyes. But I don't even think they were the biggest story in sports last night because of the Phoenix Suns-Golden State Warriors game, which I stayed up late last night for. I'll get to that in a moment. But first, I want to tease our interview today. I got so fired up talking about college football the last couple of days. I decided let's get a guest. Uh, we got Dan Wolken of USA Today Sports. I got to be honest, like I've known Dan for a while. He said some stuff that really made me think, for starters, there is a nightmare scenario that I hadn't really considered uh, for the college football playoff where my Cincinnati Bearcats, the team I've been hyping up on this podcast for months, gets left out. If Alabama wins, they're obviously getting in. Georgia's obviously automatically in. And then what happens if Michigan wins or double-digit favorites and Oklahoma State wins? Is Cincinnati going to get shafted? So we dive into that. A lot of Brian Kelly stuff. I didn't realize Brian Kelly was such a jerk. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, also. And Lincoln Riley USC stuff. Um, really exciting week in college football. I mean, maybe it's a 72-hour thing, but it's becoming NBA-ish in the topic. So you, you guys will enjoy that uh, 
that chat with Dan Wolken. Uh, but I got to quickly touch on, before we get to him, this Warriors-Suns game. Now, we don't do a lot of regular season NBA. You, you guys know why. Come on, there's 82 games. But when you have the number one team in the league, Golden State Warriors, uh, best record, best draw, um, everybody loves Curry. He's the MVP so far. Facing off with a team that had won 16 in a row, I mean, it's must-see TV. So they play, and at halftime, you know, Steph Curry's playing. He had a rough game. He was terrible. But Devin Booker's ruled out with a hamstring, and you're like, ah, oh, jeez. No way the Suns pulled this off. Well, they rode the big guy, DeAndre Ayton, and oh, man, they, they got it. 17 wins in a row. The Phoenix Suns, 18-3, and three, tied with Golden State now for the best record in the league. I mean, 17 wins in a row. Now, I always like to do, where are we uh, 21 games in compared to, say, the NFL? Well, it just so happens that 21 is roughly one-fourth of the way through the season. So this is the equivalent of the Suns being 18-3. and three. This is the equivalent of starting 4-0 in the NFL, right? Arizona Cardinals start 4-0, right? And winning 17 straight, though, is not something you see a lot in the NBA. Suns are utterly dominant at both ends. I loved, and you guys know I'm in the tank for Steph Curry, obviously. I I loved the strategy they played on him. They stayed down. They stayed home. They were willing to concede anything. Draymond Green wanted nothing. I mean, they're giving him any three-point shot. Remember when he was hitting threes in Game 7 against the Cavs? Feels like forever ago. I mean, it was, I guess, five years. But... Basically, they just locked down on Curry, gave him nothing. He was 4 for 21 shooting. The MVP had a rough night, 12 points. But they were in it until deep in the fourth quarter. Just too much 8 and 24 and 11. And, you know, this is one of those games where it's like, oh, you guys didn't want to pay 8 in the max. Okay. That's one of the big takeaways. The other is winning without Booker. I'm stunned. Uh, Cam Johnson was very good. And the other one is I just wonder if this is a taste of what's going to happen to the Warriors in the playoffs. They've got an incredible game. Right, We know their uh, pace in space, Curry threes, Jordan Poole here, Otto Porter there, um, Draymond passing. He had five assists, 11 rebounds. But if you have a big man like Aiton, can you kind of have your way inside with Golden State? And it's an interesting thought because Anthony Davis is in the West, DeAndre Ayton, obviously. Uh, Nikola Jokic is a decent player in the West, although, you know, Nuggets look like they may have an uphill climb to the playoffs at this rate uh, with the injuries. Michael Porter Jr. now done for the season, it seems like, with a uh, back surgery. Rudy Gobert uh, in Utah, obviously not a huge offensive threat. But you just wonder about some of these bigs, Carl Anthony Towns. There are some good ones in the West. Um... I don't know. I'm not going to panic over one Golden State Warriors loss. I mean, they still have the greatest point differential in the league by a mile. Um, Golden State's awesome. Steph Curry had a rough game, and Aiden bullied him inside. But James Wiseman's coming back. Klay Thompson's coming back soon. All right, that's enough on a uh, Tuesday night NBA regular season game in December. Actually, it was in November. Today is December. Um, But I do have some really good news to report before we get to Dan Wilkin on the pod. So... Listen, I'm not one of these toot-my-own-horn guys when it comes to the podcast and bragging about all the great stuff we do here. Um, You guys know I'm not even one of those guys who's out here saying subscribe, rate, and review all the time. You know, they tried to drill it into my head at the beginning. Jason, you got to do this. I'm like, come on, man. We've got our audience. It's going to grow. They're going to share it with their friends. They're going to, you know, go to the comment section and say everything nice. Well, Rob G sent me our numbers uh, for October and November, now that November's complete, although there'll be some late numbers coming in um, for November. But we started the pod in August 2020, right? So our first football season was 2020. October, last October to this October, we're up 14%. And November to November, we're up 28%. So the podcast continues to grow. Thank you for listening and subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing with your friends, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and the more listens we get, the more ads we get, uh, the more podcasts we get, the better guests we get. It's, it's all a trickle down. You guys win and everything. And thank you for that as we head into December. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, USA Today Sports, Dan Wilkin. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. 
touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome back to Straight Fire, a guy he's been here before, USA Today, Dan Wolkin. Listen, college football's on fire right now. And I said to Dan, what a fun week in college football. I would say it's been the most fun week of the year Um Without question, like not even close. And Dan, would you agree with that assessment? Well, it's been crazy. And for someone in my position who's trying to follow all this stuff and react to everything that's going on, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to uh, 
it's like whiplash. You know, you, you think, oh, my God, Lincoln Riley to USC. This is insane. And then the next day, literally Brian Kelly to LSU. And then meanwhile, you've got the playoff stuff. So this is the time of year where uh, things are always a little bit manic. But the fact that you've had these two major coaching moves back to back, it just ramps everything up times 20. Yeah, I would. I actually said something people didn't like it. The college football, you know, media message board guys, um, that college football the games have been fine, but the subplots with the coaching moves have been like NBA ish. I mean, this is so huge. I, like nobody saw Brian Kelly coming. Nobody saw Lincoln Riley coming. If you had asked a week ago, would either of those change? To, I, there's no way anybody had that. I, I just wonder: has this over? shadowed uh, championship weekend, which doesn't have a a marquee game with a spread of three or less? I would say yes in some yeah. ways. Now, look, I think Saturday, once you get to the championship games, people are going to lock in on yeah. those because you have huge playoff implications in the SEC, in the Big Ten, the Big 12. So those are really, really important. And – I think there's great storylines, but yeah, for this week, it, it just feels like total chaos. Like the carousel is spinning out of control and we're just seeing these moves that we don't usually see. And mm -hmm. there's not any patience anymore. When the season started, nobody would have said Dan Mullins on the hot seat, you know, <laughs> And, and usually if Florida fires a coach, it's a huge deal. And this year it's like it's, they hire Billy Napier and it's it's off the radar in five minutes. Yeah. That's how crazy this thing is right now. All right, we'll get to the championship weekend games and the playoff and all that. But I, I need to start with Brian Kelly because, I mean, I, I've got a friend who's a, a Notre Dame booster and close to the program. And when I saw the whole um, – yeah, yeah, people are going to make a run at Brian Kelly. You know, I asked him and he's like, no, uh, nobody expects him to leave. And for him to leave, I, I just, I want you to put yourself, Dan, in Brian Kelly's head. He's been at Notre Dame for over a decade. He's 60 years old. What do you think prompted this? There has to be something that he saw, whether it was Mel Tucker's move, um, the, the shifting landscape in college football. I don't know, the 15 million a year, whatever he's rumored to get. But how, where did this come from? Yeah, there's no doubt contract envy will play a part in a lot of this. <laughs> when you start to see a guy like Mel Tucker, who I think is a great coach, has done a good job, but he's getting $10 million a year. I mean, Brian Kelly's way more accomplished of a coach yeah. than than Mel Tucker. So he's, I'm sure, looking at that and thinking, well, if that's what he's worth, what am I worth? But look, I think the other thing, and I, I just wrote this in a column that, that should be up at USA Today by the time – uh, people listen to this, is that the playoff era has kind of changed how we perceive schools that can win national championships. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, a lot of schools won titles. Uh, you had a Colorado, you had a Georgia Tech that won a national title, a BYU won it in 1984. Mm. And the reason is because these teams, basically, if you were the last one standing undefeated in your conference, uh, you go to your bowl game and, and you win that. And sometimes you didn't even have to play anyone who was that good. <laughs> when BYU won the national title, they played a six and six Michigan team in the holiday bowl. And that was it. And they were undefeated and they got voted national champion. Doesn't work that way anymore. Now, not only do you have to win your conference, which the conferences include more good teams because there are fewer conferences. But then you get to the playoff and you've got to win two games against other elite teams. And what you see with Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame can still win a national championship, but you've seen them get to the playoff. And what happens? They just don't have enough depth of talent on both sides of the ball that you have at Clemson, that you have at Alabama. I think the same things happen with Oklahoma. When they've gotten into those games in the playoffs, they're just – a half step below. And so Brian Kelly's going to one of those handful of blue blood programs at LSU, where it's actually easier to assemble that kind of team and that depth of talent uh, much easier than at Notre Dame for a, a lot of different reasons. And so even though he had one of the incredible jobs in all of college football, he actually went to a place where he'll have a better shot of winning a national title.
Yeah. So, okay. So when Mel Tucker gets his $95 million and I, best I can tell, he's never won a real bowl game, right? I mean, I don't think he's a head coach for three years. I mean, is that a little obscene? Why did Michigan State have to go so big? Because they thought LSU was going to come after Mel Tucker? Yeah. And actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure LSU was going to go after Mel Tucker. I think, <laughs> I think LSU, you know, from what I had heard, I think their president really liked Mel Tucker and thought that was going to, thought that was a good fit. I think it would have been a good fit as well. He's been in the SEC, worked under Nick, worked under Kirby. He knows what, what that looks like. He knows what it's supposed to be. But heck, if you're going to get nine and a half million to stay in Michigan State and he's kind of the, the king there right now, he's, he's so popular. Uh, by the way, if he wants to ever leave, it only costs him a couple million dollars to get out of that contract. The buyout, so, right? Yeah. It's so one-sided. The, the coaches get the $95 million all guaranteed, but if they want to leave for another job, it costs them almost nothing. So, you know, maybe he's going to wait for Alabama to open, you know, whenever Nick retires or something or something like that, you know? So yeah, I guess for, for Mel Tucker, um, it's a pretty good deal, but, but these schools just feel like to keep a coach, or to get a coach, that's what they have to pay now. Yeah. It almost sounded, Dan, like you just said that there really isn't a path to a national championship if you're Notre Dame, given the restrictions on who can get into the university. Uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... Well, look, I think it can be done, but it's 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 harder. It's harder than LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, you a few others. You know, there's not many. There's maybe 10. But, but those... 10 schools are closer proximity to talent. They have fewer restrictions. They have fewer sort of roadblocks within the university to football success. And Notre Dame is still one of those places that believes that, that football and the institutional core mission can, can coexist. And they make yeah. football players, just as an example, freshman football players at Notre Dame, they don't live in a special dorm or live with each other. They have to live among the general student population and room with a regular student because yeah. Notre Dame wants its football team to be integrated fully into the campus community and culture. At Clemson, just as an example, <laughs> literally the football players spend 90% of their time in the football building. So that's kind of what the difference is really between a Notre Dame and, and some of those other schools. Wow. Uh, all right. So what, so Oklahoma had made three straight playoffs and all I heard was how many wins does Lincoln Riley have in the playoff? And it's like, I mean, really getting, so getting there is not good enough. <laughs> um, but what do you think led him to bolt Oklahoma? It's seemingly in, I don't want to say the middle of the night, but uh, I mean, Dan, a week ago, I don't think anybody thought, that Lincoln Riley was on USC's radar. Remember, it was all James Franklin and, uh, you know, some Pete Carroll maybe leaves Seattle, but Lincoln Riley was not really in the mix, right, until, what, the loss to Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think some of those same types of issues as far as getting to the playoff and bumping your head up against the ceiling. Oklahoma, they primarily recruit in Texas, and they went and got some players from other places in, around the country, but – I do think there's something to the notion that when you recruit primarily in the state of Texas, you are going to have a harder time getting great athletes on defense on offense, very easy, but all the kids in Texas play on offense, all the, all the really good kids. Yeah. And so when that's your recruiting territory and, and your base, that probably explains why just on defense, they've, they've just been fractionally not good enough to win a national championship. The other thing is, they're going to the SEC, and yeah. I don't know that Lincoln Riley was necessarily in love with the idea because Oklahoma, for generations, has been the best program in whatever conference, essentially, mm -hmm. they've, they've played in. And in the Big 12, yeah, you have to be better than Texas, which isn't that hard to do. <laughs> you know, you have to be Especially better. Especially not now. <laughs> yeah, you have to be better than Oklahoma State, better than Baylor. You know, the, Oklahoma can do that in their sleep, and they've done it. They've won – Championship after championship after championship. Well, now they're going to be going to a league where you got to be better than Texas and then Texas A&M and Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Auburn and Florida yeah. and on and on. It's hard. That Oklahoma job got much, much harder. And there's no way that Lincoln Riley, who was 55 and 10 his first five years at Oklahoma, was going to have anywhere close to that record in the SEC. So – 
I think it totally makes sense from his perspective to yeah. look at that and say, all right, I'm going to go to USC where frankly the setup is kind of like Oklahoma where we're the best program. We should be getting the best players. We can dominate our region of the country and get into the playoff if, if we're doing this job the right way and we can still win a national championship there. So I think that's really how he looked at it. Yeah. Now one other job that, you know, a month ago, UCLA and Chip Kelly appeared to be on a collision course to end things. Um, depending on who you talk to, a lot of boosters out here, including a certain guy who got the Olympics out to LA. They were done with Chip Kelly. They want to move on from him. I don't know. What do you think happens with Chip Kelly and UCLA now, uh, Dan? I think it's a bad year for a school like UCLA <laughs> to try to hire a coach. I mean, I, I just think that's the reality of it because yeah. look, the chip thing has not worked out the way a lot of people thought it would. I don't know exactly what the reasons are for that. I'm sure there's some obvious ones and maybe some less obvious ones. There are definitely issues and flaws with the UCLA job. I, I think it's oh, a yeah. harder, it's a much harder job than than USC. And I don't think the kids in Southern California view UCLA football wise as the best program. Those kids want to go to USC. Mm-hmm. They're also increasingly leaving and going east and going to the south. So that's a problem. But I just think with the amount of money they owe Chip and some of those other things and the other jobs that were open, you're just better off waiting till next year. And then maybe, you know, they're the best job on the market or one of the best jobs on the market where they might have an easier time getting a good candidate. Right now, I just don't think UCLA is in a good position to draw a great candidate. So so you think they'll end up keeping him probably, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, it would be a big surprise if they let go of Chip Kelly. Uh, one more coach thing and, you know, the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville. I was way wrong. I thought he would be successful there with Trevor Lawrence, and it has been an unmitigated disaster. His press conferences now, Dan, are embarrassing, where he's kicking the can down the road on questions about the team to positional coaches. And you know, what, What's going on? Any read on Urban Meyer and if he puts his name in the hat for anything, whether it be UCLA, I can't imagine that, or Notre Dame, it doesn't sound like it. But any guesses on... on uh, Urban Meyer. I think Urban's kind of stuck because first of all, he's not going to take a job in college where you can't win a national title. He's not going to take yeah. one of the, you know, sort of middle-class programs and try to make it great. That's just not for him at this point in his career. But I don't think any of the really great blue blood programs would touch him because not just the scandals and the drama that follows him everywhere, not and not even necessarily the lap dance video and all that, which is embarrassing. It's just it kind of just a combination of everything. He's he's just high maintenance, high drama. And yeah, he's got a track record of winning. But I think these schools just don't want to deal with him anymore. I think they're just really I think they're just over uh, that surprised me. Mel Tucker getting 95 mil. And some blue bloods are uh, are maybe afraid. They, I mean, Ole Miss. Well, Ole Miss is not a blue blood, but no. they they got Lane Kiffin, and what are they? Their top ten team now. Sure, but you know, Lane. I mean, Lane. Lane's a handful. There, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, just look throughout his whole career. Urban's the kind of guy who, you know, just burns really hot for the first few years and can maybe get you to a level, but then it just all falls apart you know, because part of Urban's problem is is. First of all, he's just he's crazy and he just drives everybody insane around him. But he surrounds himself with these lackeys. And you know, I mean, some of these people that, that he had with him at Ohio State, I mean, Zach Smith, that guy. And you know, some of these characters that that have just kind of glommed on to him over the years, they're, they're bad news. And it just doesn't create like a stable environment. I, I think Ohio State, they're way better off from every angle with Ryan Day than they were with Urban Meyer. Well, it's funny. Some of the stuff you were saying just now to describe Urban all kind of reminds me of Jim Harbaugh, right? Runs hot, and then it peters out, and then he's out. He bounces. And it's weird because everybody wanted him gone. Um, I, everybody said, oh, he can't. Come on. He can't win the big game. He's garbage. He, uh, pay cut, you know. And here we are, Jim Harbaugh, on the cusp of going to the playoff, double-digit favorite against Iowa. I mean— is there is there something to be said for Michigan staying the course uh, despite all the noise? Like every single Michigan booster and fan wanted him gone, right? People thought he was done, no no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But I think Michigan is is one of those places where yeah they want to win and and it's 
it's very important to be good at football there, but there is maybe a little bit more perspective institutionally about where football fits at Michigan than a lot of these other schools. And so I do think they're more apt to be patient and to give him time, especially like you can think what you want about Jim Harbaugh, but he's a good coach. Yeah. You don't do what he did at Stanford and then in the NFL and even in Michigan, like last year was undeniably terrible with, in, with COVID and all that stuff, but he'd gotten pretty close to the playoff a couple times, been to a couple New Year's six bowl games, a lot of finishes in the top 20. This was not like a broken disaster program. It just maybe wasn't quite meeting the highest of expectations. So I think Michigan just said, we can't get somebody better than Jim Harbaugh. So let's give him a chance to fix it. And if he can't, then, then we'll make that decision when we have to. And guess what? He fixed it. He made some changes. He went back to playing the kind of style of football, physical up front and run the ball and, just kind of physically mash you. That's what they did at Stanford and it worked. And they've kind of gone back to that at Michigan. They're not throwing it 50 times a game. <laughs> they kind of started doing that for a while, running the spread and with quarterbacks who are not that good. And like, they just kind of have an identity. They're playing to it. They're executing it well. And, and I mean, that was just super impressive what they did against Ohio state. And um, they have a good chance to play for a national title. I mean, you beat, you beat Iowa and then, either Oklahoma state or Cincinnati, like they're going to be favored in that game too. play for a national title. I mean, that's, that's what you, that, that, that has to fulfill every expectation that, that you yeah. had about Harbaugh. I, I have, a, I have a bad feeling that it's going to be a similar situation to Oklahoma and Notre Dame in the playoff for Michigan, but I digress. Um, let me just quickly, one more coach thing. So as you're talking about Harbaugh and these coaches, I just looked up Kirby smart and Dan, if Georgia loses this weekend, and then loses in the first round of the playoff. And by the way, they're not on a great offensive team, so that's not out of the realm. I do wonder, are Georgia fans going to be like, man, this guy Kirby Smart can't win the big game. We're always right there. I don't know, Dan. Do, what do you think? Like, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat at all, no. but Kirby Smart, it, are there going to be questions if they happen to lose to Alabama this weekend? Listen, there's no doubt that as dominant as Georgia's been, they are going to have some pretty tough narratives yep. attached to them if they don't win the national championship. And that's just the way it goes. But the one thing that is just totally wired right now for Georgia is, is the recruiting game. Kirby's just got it absolutely on lock, especially in the state of Georgia, which produces a ton of talent. They, they mm-hmm. get who they want. They go into Florida. They get guys out of there. They they get some some kids nationally. Um, they're 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 recruiting like nobody else is recruiting right now. So, you know, I just think as long as you are doing that and knocking on the door, one day you're going to break it down. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. 
Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, let's get to the games. I do want to ask, uh, but let's start with Georgia-Alabama. That's the game you'll be at the SEC Championship. Um, it looks like the spread six, six and a half. Alabama has not looked good recently. I mean, they were dead in the water against Auburn. Uh, you got a freshman quarterback in the SEC championship game where, you know, the scene is crazy. I, I just, I don't, every time I watch Georgia, it's like, oh, the defense is great. I mean, you know, Dan, good offense always is going to be good defense. What are your thoughts on the game? But but the problem is Alabama doesn't have a good offense. That's, that's, that's the problem. Now, what are they on their fifth string running back? Do they, they have a good? They, obviously, Bryce Young is is good and and very talented. He's going to be playing in the NFL for a long time. But they've got real issues. Their their offensive line has has got problems. They they don't protect very well. They don't really have a running game to speak of. Um, they've got good receivers, but understand their their best receiver, Jamison Williams, is a transfer who left Ohio state because he couldn't really crack the, the top three at Ohio state. He was like the fourth guy. So, you know, that's kind of where they are. They don't have the same kind of skill players that they had last year. And they're young. You know, that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Alabama's they're fine, but, but, and they're good by almost any other standard, but they're, they're young and they're mistake prone. And this just is not the same kind of team. I don't see how they're going to be able to score against Georgia. Uh, their offensive line was getting absolutely annihilated last week by Auburn and Auburn's pretty good up front, but there's nothing like Georgia. So I actually think this game is going to be fairly ugly. And, and I think Georgia wins by a couple touchdowns at least. Wow. A couple tutty. All right. Um, let me ask you, you know, and Dan, as I'm listening to you talk about how Michigan got back to its roots, smash mouth football, um, you know, Georgia's kind of doing the same thing. We're going to win with defense and we're going to run the football. And in the era of the spread offense and everybody going four wide and uh, hurry up and pace and tempo, is there something to zigging when everybody else is zagging? Yeah, look, I, I think everything goes through cycles in in football, especially what's hot 
right now in five years, people adjust and change. But I do think fundamentally, whether you're running, you know, a spread or whatever you're doing, it is still a sport where the line of scrimmage matters and you have to be good up front offensive line and defensive line. Um, I think to, to win at the highest, highest level, even Clemson, you know, Clemson's never been known as, as some amazing offensive line program, but their formula when they won those couple titles is they were dominant up front defensively. I mean, they had just studs after studs on their defensive front and they were good enough on the offensive line. You, you go back and watch those games against Alabama. They played really well up front in, in those moments. And why are they not as good this year? Because their offensive line isn't as good. So I, I still think that, that when you are uh, trying to win at this level, what makes the difference, regardless of, of what system you're running, is whether or not you're able to block. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's why you're seeing Michigan have this kind of renaissance because their offensive line's playing great and their defensive line, they've got two individual difference makers who can win yeah. one-on-one matchups. Uh, all right, quickly to the games. Uh, let me, hypothetical, Alabama shocks Georgia 21-20. Oklahoma State wins as well. Who does who gets to the playoff? A, a one loss Alabama or a one loss Oklahoma State? I think Alabama is getting into the playoff if they win. No doubt about it. Alabama okay. and Georgia. Georgia's in. Georgia's not. Georgia's a lock. Georgia's a lock. They're in. If Cincinnati Alabama, a lock, right? We're assuming well, they're going to win. No, I think it could get complicated for them, but I think they're in great position. I think. Wait, wait. Complicated if they win? Yes. I mean, you have to remember, there's still a group of five team that does not have the overall schedule strength that these other teams do. They have the win at Notre Dame, which is great. And obviously the committee, um, after they beat SMU, was very impressed and moved them into the top four. I don't think they're totally safe. I I think things could break wrong for them, but I don't think they will. I think Cincinnati will win and they will get in. I think Hmm. more intriguing is, you know, what happens if Oklahoma State loses now you've got this issue with Notre Dame. They're kind of sitting there, but they don't have a coach. Um, does that impact, you know, kind of the way the committee looks? Well, at wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Michigan, we're assuming Michigan's going to win and they're in, right? Yes, Michigan okay. is if they win. Georgia and Michigan, so we have is in. Cincinnati wins, we think they're in. That's three. So an Alabama lost to Georgia and and, and it's Oklahoma State or Notre Dame, right? That That's yeah, basically I think that's I think that's what it comes down to, yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you, Dan, without looking, who's got the better win? Cincinnati, just the best win, Cincinnati or Oklahoma State? Oh, Cincinnati's got the best win. Cincinnati won on the road at Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Because I, I look at the Oklahoma State schedule, I'm like, okay, you, you know, you you beat Texas, which stinks. You beat Baylor, which is good. You have to face Baylor again. Not a layout, but I mean, I like Dave Aranda. I, yep. I think I like Baylor in this spot a little bit to cover the spread. I don't know about win. Where are you on that game? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat somebody twice uh, yeah. in a season. And, and that was a competitive game. And um, Oklahoma state's got to come off the high of, of winning that bedlam game, which is so important to them. It's really hard in college football to get a team to emotionally peak two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard. I think very underrated as a skill. There's usually some kind of letdown. And and if you're good enough to win, there's a lot of teams who can do that, but uh yeah, is, is Oklahoma State going to have the same edge this time that they had last week against Oklahoma or the first time around against Baylor? Definitely not not a given. Yeah. But uh-huh. look, but Oklahoma State does have some 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 solid wins, and they play good defense, and they've improved throughout the season. And if they win the Big Twelve, like they're going to have a good argument. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, we could wrap up with this. I didn't think Notre Dame really had any chance to get in. I was going to say like less than one percent. But an Alabama loss and an Oklahoma State loss. Yeah, and exactly. Notre Dame's in, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes out of. It doesn't take – it's not going to take that much for Notre Dame to kind of backdoor their way into this thing. Even though – I mean, you look at their schedule, and there's not a lot there either. You know, usually the Notre Dame schedule is great, but some of those games just fell apart. You know, they – like like mm. North Carolina preseason North Carolina was a top ten team and North yeah. Carolina turned out to be six and six so um, you know they got the Wisconsin win but not much else that's the problem yeah, I didn't. all right so who uh, any any guess and again I'm not always holding you to anything but your guess on 
the Notre, the next Notre Dame coach? Yeah, I mean, with the caveat that by the time people hear this, we may already know, but <laughs> there's going to be a huge push for them to just hire Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator. As a head coach? Yeah, I mean, listen, the guy's extremely well-regarded. Um, he would be a lock to be the Cincinnati coach if uh, Luke Fickle moves on. He would be... The you know Brian Kelly's trying to make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country at LSU. Hold on, Dan. This guy's thirty five years old and he's never been a head coach. And Notre Dame's going to make him their head coach. Is that just so they don't lose him? I think it's possible. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but wow. you know, you saw a lot of the stuff on social media from the players. Um, they 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 want him to be the guy. He's just got a lot of credibility and good recruiter, young, dynamic, charismatic, and the defenses he's. He's been in charge of at Cincinnati and Notre Dame have been great. Like there's people think he's a big time head coach in, yeah. in, in waiting. And if you believe in him, then why not? I mean, that's, that's going to be the question. Could you go fickle, steal a fickle from Cincinnati, keep Freeman, or, or would he just not do that? I mean, I, I don't know him at all, but do you think he's, he's ready to be a head coach or I guess yeah, I mean, that's look, like not part of the discussion anymore in college football. Like I mentioned, if Fickle decided to go to Notre Dame, which you know could be complicated because Cincinnati is going to be in the playoff probably, and Notre Dame is going to have to wait if that's the case. But if that were to happen, it would take Cincinnati like five seconds to hire Freeman as their head coach. So you know, because he was there as the defensive coordinator, they know him there, and. Ugh. Um, so yeah, I, no, the only way he's staying at Notre Dame is if he's the head coach. You think if they bring in Fickle or someone else, he's going? Yeah, because he'll just go with Brian Kelly to LSU. <sighs> wow, that's a tough spot for Notre Dame. I guess in that scenario, you you got to make him the head coach, even though he's only thirty five. Well, I, I don't know that they have to, but like they they have a small window to make that decision. Let's put it that way. I think they're going to have yeah. to make that. I think they're going to make that call pretty quickly. And we'll see, like Jack Swarbrick, I think, is going to have to, over the next 24 hours, you know, figure out if there's some other like big time guy that they could go get uh, who would be a slam dunk. And if not, I think then they need to move pretty quickly to make Marcus Freeman. The Do you have any fun, big, big name guys that they could they could go land? No, not really. I mean, I think you could get Matt Campbell, but, you know, is he, does he fit into that category? Is the bloom off that rose just a little, Dan? I I thought they were yeah. disappointing this year. They were disappointing. Um, I, I still believe in him as a yeah. as coach. I think he's really good. Like, I think he could win at Notre Dame. Uh, can you sell that to the people you need to sell that to with him coming off kind of a mediocre year? And losing Freeman. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if they can do that, if they can pull that oh. off. But um, I, it's a tough call. I mean, do you think there's anybody in the NFL that would step down to Notre Dame? I mean... A head coach, probably not. You know, yeah. Dan Quinn, maybe some really? somebody like that as a coordinator. I mean, I don't know. He's been in college. He was a Florida, yeah, Florida as a defensive coordinator. You know, some people think he'd be a really good college coach, really good on the recruiting trail. Is Pete Carroll too old? I think he's too old. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it. I don't think Bob Stoops is coming out of retirement. Um, Mark Stoops is off the market. He's he's going to extend with Kentucky. I like when people get exotic and, and like the Brian Kelly thing's totally out of left field. I don't I don't know if there's an NFL coach who would leave. I mean, Urban we we already talked about. Um, I can't. Uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin, you know, a lot of change happened in Pittsburgh. Although Mike, Mike Tomlin hates the idea of going back to college. Mike Tomlin does not want to go sit yeah. in sixteen year olds' living rooms. And <laughs> I mean, that's just obvious. He doesn't want to go yeah. recruit and you know try to convince these guys to come play for him. He wants to be an NFL coach. And if things go sideways in Pittsburgh, he he would easily get another yeah. job somewhere. All right, we've held you too long. Dan Wolk in USA Today Sports. Read his stuff, follow him. He'll be at the SEC title game. Dan, thanks a lot. Uh, enjoy the games. And Oh, I didn't ask you about the Heisman. Who the hell's winning the Heisman oh, Trophy? Bryce Young? I have no I mean, idea. Does anybody care about the Heisman Trophy? It's a weird year. I mean, very. I, I don't know. I, I don't vote for it, so I don't really oh, think about it right. that much. Uh, but you know, I did kind of have this thought this weekend, like if if Georgia beats Alabama and and Oh, I saw a lot that. of points. Does Stetson Bennett maybe? Oh, God. Well, he's the best quarterback on his own team. I know. Oh, but, my. I know. But like, there's probably like 20 guys who are going to split votes. And some of them, some of them are defensive guys. There's nobody who's coalescing 
around a certain candidate yet. And, and maybe that, maybe that's going to happen if somebody has a huge game in one of these conference championships. And if it's Stetson Bennett, the quarterback of an undefeated dominant team, like I could see it. I could see him kind of making a push for the forward at the last minute, but I don't know. At that point, just basically say the Heisman's going to the best player on the best team. Like uh, every, I mean, come on, because Bryce Young probably not beating Georgia, so you, I don't think you're going to give it to him off a loss. Um, and then he's not even in the playoff. I don't. It, it's that's oof, Heisman crazy. Anyways, all right, Dan Wolken, thanks a lot, man. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Jason. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook and store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Res- I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.